You're listening to the Talking Crops Podcast, a product of agfacts.com. Today is October 16th, 2015. I'm your host, Chip Ward, and today we're going to be talking about cash rents. On this episode, I'm happy to have our guest, Dr. Gary Schnicke. He's a professor of farm management at the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois. Recently, he wrote a piece about reducing cash rents by $100 an acre due to falling commodity prices. Now, Gary, when you suggest cutting $100 an acre, do you think it's an overreaction? No, and and when we came up with that $100 per acre, what we did was take our current levels of non-land cost, added cash rent together, and then looked at a 390 corn price and an 890 soybean price. And if those prices and we get normal yields in 2016, we have to cut $100 from cost. So, um, I mean, just 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 to be a break-even proposition. So it may be pie in the sky to get there, but that is what needs to happen from our current levels of cost and cash rents. Now, with landlords, uh, a lot of them are counting to get a set amount of money, and some of them may have already spent that money in their minds. Is there an incentive for them to lower cash rents sooner rather than later? Well, you know, when returns are, aren't, aren't there, and that happens now because of price, what happened has happened to price, um, eventually those cash rents will have to come down. Just we can't see uh, cost above revenue. So it's going to happen. And what I would suggest sort of in this these sorts of situations is, is maybe using a variable cash rent so that we can set a level that's, commensurate with where the prices are, but then then if we have higher revenues, the landlord landowner can share in those. Now, a lot of people have been talking about farmers cutting costs and landowners cutting costs, but not much about bankers. How much pushback do you think will need to come from bankers that tell farmers that upcoming cash rents are not going to fit in their budgets in order for cash rents to go down? I, I think you're going you're gonna to see that. And 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 that pressure is going to come most from those, to those operations that have low amounts of working capital, or if there's low amount of cash or other balance sheet items. Those those farmers are going to face more pressure from their lenders than others. Those farmers that have low amounts of working capital, they they are going to be forced into taking lower cash rents because they don't have the financial position to stand a, a year or two where costs are above revenue. Now, when we're talking about different types of landlords, you know, you have investors and then you have, you know, just local people that own land in areas. Do you think investment groups are going to be more or less willing to come down on cash rents than a local individual is that owns land? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what we've been seeing in Illinois is the professionally managed land that has a uh, farm manager on it. Those rents are coming down probably faster than the average. However, they started higher than, than the other rents before, too. So there's probably more of a downward reaction on professionally managed and investor-owned land, but it's still going to be probably not enough to have the farmer having positive returns for 2016. 
there's there's a wide variety or there's a wide range of cash rents and the rents that were tended to be higher for the same productivity land were investor owned and professionally managed land so they raised them quicker in the 2006 through 2012 period and now are probably going to be lowering them but they're still probably going to be higher than a lot of other rents that exist out there so while they're coming down, they're probably not coming down fast enough. Gary, how many years do you think it'll take with today's commodity prices for land rents to fall down to a sustainable level for farmers? Today's prices would be something less than $4 for corn, something less than $9 for soybeans. It would take those prices probably into 2017 and 2018 before we saw the complete adjustment cash rents to those levels. All right, now I'm going to kind of flip that question around and ask how high would commodities need to be before you could feel like you're in a sustainable situation if all other costs just stayed the same? At the average cash rent levels that we see today, you would probably have to be looking at corn 450, 460, and maybe even a little bit higher, and, and soybeans in the ten fifty to eleven dollar range before you would would see profits at today's cost and average cash rent levels. And that's that's above a dollar of an increase on both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would have to see some pretty substantial increases in prices at this point in time. Now, when we talk about cutting cost, in the article you wrote, you talked about farmers cutting costs in particular areas, but you also touched on input companies, people that, you know, make fertilizer equipment and things like that, and that cuts may have to come from them. But can you really expect these input companies to cut costs when most of them have shareholders they have to keep happy? Can they be expected to make cuts on inputs at all? Yeah, that's a good question. I would expect to see cost cuts First, probably coming in fertilizer because it is a commodity and we're seeing some new capacity coming online. The one where you sort of look and question about is seed companies. Um, we've seen seed costs rise pretty dramatically in the last five, four or five years. And, uh, you know, it's hard to see that coming down substantially. You might see some declines in those seed costs because of some incentive package that uh, those companies are offering. But, um, yeah, it's hard to see a lot of, uh, lot of adjustments in, in those, those non-land cost areas that, you know, farmers can't cut back on without impacting yields. Now, in the next few years, it's, people are probably going to be faced with situations where they're going to need to make trade-offs. Where do you see people making mistakes if they decide to make cuts? Yeah, so making mistakes with cuts, I think where we're, we're going to see most farmers needing to make the, where those cuts are going to have to come from is in the machinery area first. And we've built up machinery um, inventories, so that's one area where we will likely see a lot of the cuts coming from. And then some in the area, probably in fertilizer, you know, honestly, the biggest mistake probably is not cutting costs because if we continue to see these low prices, um, we're going to 
just erode away our working capital to the point where those decisions will be forced on farmers. Now, Gary, you touched on machinery a little bit, and I wanted to know, is there a reasonable approach to downsizing your farm equipment to avoid depreciating values or just paying equipment cost? Yeah, so the strategy that most farmers need to follow now is just lengthen the time that they replace, that they choose to replace equipment. And what happened from 2006 through 2012 is many farmers invested in machinery because they had the incomes. Now we're going to use that income or that, that investment machinery and, and, and extend the length of the life of that equipment so that we can lower our machinery cost as we're moving through time. So it's more, um, we're not going to be selling a lot of equipment, but we're going to take that combine and tractors and planters and extend the life of them. That is going to probably increase uh, um, machinery repairs, but probably less than what you will see uh, depreciation come down from extending life. I'd like to go back to talking about cutting cost. Where would you suggest to farmers to cut cost if they're going to make an effort to get to this $100 reduction? Yeah, so the first area you would look at is machinery and making sure that we're, we're probably reducing capital purchases. The second area is in fertilizer. And fertilizer costs will likely be lower in 2016 because we are beginning to see fertilizer prices come down. But you would really begin to look at those P&K levels in particular and making sure that we're not applying above, we're not raising soil, phosphorus level, and and potassium levels if they're above um, maintenance levels, and probably looking at thinking about reducing nitrogen rates and maybe moving it more to the spring. Then I would look at seed cost and really look at seeding rates. Do they need to be as high as they are? And do we need as much technology as we have in those seeds or can we get away from some of the technologies that we're, you know, some of the traits that we're looking at in those seeds? Finally, you know, one of the things that we've seen in the past couple of years is fungicide applications, increase in fungicide applications, and now you're probably going to be doing more of a scouting to make sure that those uh, fungicide applications, that the problems are out there before spraying and moving away from preventative to more uh, treatment on those items. Over the next few years, what do you see as some of the biggest struggles? Cash rent, the reductions in cash rents are going to be difficult. And the the other one is the seed cost area because that has risen. And, you know, the struggle in the seed cost is going to be large because, you know, if we, if the yields, if we're cutting seed cost and cutting yields at the same time, we still are cutting profitability. So we have to, cut seed cost while not cutting yields. And that, that's a really hard thing to do. Now, Gary, is it possible at all to take a 100 cut per acre without having any cuts to cash rents? No. <laughs> no, not on most car- I mean, there there is, will have to be cuts in, in cash rents if we want to reduce 
those costs. Most definitely, we'll have to be cut, cut some cash rents, if particularly if those uh, cash rents are at average or higher levels. All right. Well, Gary, thanks so much for your time, and thanks for doing the interview. I really appreciate it. No problem. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. At Agfax, we're serious about crops. Connect to crop production, marketing info, and weather reports at agfax.com. That's A-G-F-A-X dot com. We'll keep you informed. Copyright Agfax, LLC. All rights reserved.